Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 11. And uh, I'm just teaching us through this series. And let me tell you again why. Pastor, why are you teaching us on the supernatural? Because that's the nature of God. The supernatural is the nature of the church. And, And my concern is that we are so pressed upon every day, day and night, 24 hours a day, with this natural world that we live in. That if we are not walking in tune with the Lord, we will forget We will let go. We will give up on the reality that God is supernatural and that there's nothing too hard for Him to do. How many believe that God is who He says He is today? You believe that God is who He says He is? Then that means I believe, do you believe this, that God will do what He said? Good. I believe that. I believe God is who He says He is in the Word of God. And I believe that God will do what He said He would do. Now, we, we are, as believers, as Christians, we live our lives in two worlds. We live in two worlds. We live in this natural world, our, our sense world. God made this world. Uh, our, our, uh, he created the earth for man, and it was a beautiful place. It was a garden. There was no sin. It was blessed and healthy. And, and He created us with the sensory ability, what we see, what we hear, what we smell, what we touch. You know, what the senses uh, that to enjoy this world he made, to operate in this world. He gave us brilliant minds. Do you know that, that most psychiatrists tell us that we use less than 10% of our brain's capacity? And so we don't fully even understand how God created us to operate in this natural world. We, it, it is God's gift to us, and we live in this world. And there's, in, in, in its essence, there's nothing wrong with this world. But what happened to this world that we live in, in the Garden of Eden, man sinned. And when Adam sinned, it opened the door for Satan to bring his curse and destruction on everything we see. In our world today, uh, about the only acknowledgement of God that some people will give him, not everyone, but some people will give God, is for bad things that happen. Something happens, we say, even, even in the insurance world. If a tornado knocks your house down, it's called an act of God. You ever notice that? And, and if something bad happens, well, look what God did. Now, there are people who will never thank God when a baby is born, but they'll always be mad when a person dies. So how do you blame God for one and don't acknowledge Him for the other? That's the world we live in. These families that aren't Christians, they never pray and dedicate a baby to the Lord and celebrate the life and say, look what God has done. Isn't God good? No, but when somebody dies, why did God take my family member? Well, if you won't give him credit for giving you that family member, you shouldn't credit him for taking that family member away. See? And so what happens to us is that we live in a world that, that is very real. We acknowledge that. We have no problem with that. We're not in denial. I'm going to teach you on faith today. Faith does not deny reality, but faith has the ability to, to live right in the middle of a very real world and connect not only to this world we live in. I've said we live in two worlds. We live in this world, which is unfortunately fallen and cursed. It's not how God originally intended it to be. Sin has, has invaded and infected our society today. People say, Pastor, why are things growing worse and worse? Because sin is like that rotten banana I showed you earlier. Rotten doesn't get better, it gets worse. Curse does not get better, it gets worse. And so we live in a world of natural restrictions and limitations. We're limited and restricted. But there is another world. There is the 
there is this spiritual world that is as real as this natural world. In fact, it's eternal and this one is not. The things we cannot see are more real and permanent and lasting than the things we can see right now. And so we here we are as a Christian and we're living in this real world and, and we acknowledge it and see it and understand it. Don't deny it. We get it. We're operating in it. At the same time, because we're born again, we are spiritually alive. And so there is God and His Word and the Holy Spirit and the angels and, and the war with Satan and the demons and the devils. And in fact, Ephesians 6 says our battle's not with flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of wickedness in the heavenly realm. And so to understand life, there are two worlds we're living in, a spiritual world and a physical world. That's not strange or unusual, but what happens to us is that without faith, without reading Scripture, without prayer, without spending time with God, we, we allow the pressures of this world to rob us of the reality of God and His goodness and everything He has. We live a life with very little faith. Faith is what God's given us to connect from this world to all the resources He has in His unlimited attributes. And so it's important that you and I learn faith and how faith operates in our lives if we are to what? If we are to see His blessings and everything the cross provided for us. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 1. Hebrews 11 and, and verse number 1. I want you to turn there with me. We're going to read this definition of faith. Let me remind you again, next Sunday night, I, I keep pushing this because it's going to be a big night. We have the whole Daystar television team coming in. Marcus Lamb, a great evangelist, a great preacher. I believe it's time for North Alabama to get on the radar. I believe we're right in the center of where God's going to bring revival to this nation. Can anybody say amen to that? Absolutely. So remember that. Make your plans. Call Grandma. Pick up the kids. Go get crazy Uncle Harry and weird Aunt Wanda. Bring them to church and they'll get saved and your family will be blessed. Come on. All right. Get your friends and your enemies and get them here. Next Sunday night is going to be awesome on the 5th. So let's look at this. What is faith? And Pastor, faith is how we connect to the supernatural power of God in our very natural lives. Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. See, those, those two, I said we live in two worlds. The physical, natural world that I can contact by my senses, understand by my reasoning, and there's the existence of God, very real, more real than what I see. Because all these things I see will pass away, and God will be forever. So what happens? Faith is being sure of what we hope for, the promises of God, what God has promised and said He would do. And what is faith? It's being certain of what I do not see. L listen, that's not foolishness and denial. Faith is not saying, well, you know... Uh, I can't see it, but somewhere it's out there. No, I don't see it, but I know it's there because God is real. I know God is real. I don't see God, but I know He's real because He's interacted. His evidence has been many times. Now, the King James translation says faith is what? The substance. Now, see, there's some reality to this. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. And what is it? It is the evidence of things that are not seen. It's an interesting, fascinating. That's what faith does for us. I, I, I want you to get this uh, from the Amplified Version. Have you got this from the Amplified? Look, look at this. Look at this. I want you to see this. Now, faith is the assurance. L watch this. The title deed. I like that, isn't that? 
Faith is the assurance or the title deed or confirmation of things hoped for. Divinely guaranteed. Wow. So as I begin to trust God, can, can I tell you, faith is not a feeling. Faith is a decision. I want, I'm going to teach more than I preach today. Now, I have a hard time not preaching, but I've got to teach you something about faith today, all right? So I want you to get this. Because there, it would be sad for you and I to live this Christian life and for all God's resources and promises to be available, but because we did not live by faith, we never accessed those things. Okay, faith is the assurance of the title deed of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed. Do you know that when you have the, the you can receive by, from a lawyer in a legal transaction the deed to a piece of property that you've never even seen? Did you know you can do that? It happens all the time. Somebody leaves, leaves a piece of property to someone in an inheritance in, in another state. You've never been there, never seen it. But the title deed comes to you, and it's yours, and you've never seen it. You're a landowner. You've never walked on the land. You've never seen the land, but it's yours. You've got a title deed. And people oftentimes, it happens all the time, buy property, and, and, and they've seen it on the Internet maybe, or maybe they've never seen it before Google Maps. Come on. And, and you can pull it up and look at it. People bought property around the world. I know people here in America that bought property in South America. Never been there. Never gotten close to it. But somebody else went there and saw it and said it looks good and called them back and said, you need to buy this. And they bought it. And, and in a lawyer's office in America, they signed a title deed for property in Venezuela and bought an oil well. And they'd never seen it. But guess what? Go ahead, put it back up. <laughs> what happened to them? They had a title deed. That's what faith is. Faith says, I don't have to see it yet because God has told me that it's mine. And so by faith, I'm going to have an assurance, a title deed, a confirmation of the things I'm hoping for that God has guaranteed, look at this, and the evidence of things not seen. What does that mean? Look at this. The conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. Man, that's everything right there. Did you get that? Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. Can I give you some really good news? We are not limited by our physical senses. Faith does not deny reality. If sickness has attacked my body, I don't have to walk around saying, I'm not sick, I'm not sick, I'm not sick. I don't, ha that's, I don't have to say, you know, I don't hurt, I don't hurt, I don't hurt. Faith says, I, what, have a title deed to the promises of God, and I am convinced and, and sure. Go ahead and put it back up. I'm going to have to talk about this more. So I'm walking and I'm looking, and I can say my faith comprehends as facts what cannot be experienced by my physical sense. My, my physical sense is I'm hurting and I'm sick, and, and I'm not arguing and, with that, but I say what I, what I know is God promised that I, I'm healed. Healed, E-D. So what God has provided, I accept as reality and say, God, I don't have to say I'm not sick, I'm not sick. What I say is I'm healed, I'm healed. I thank you, God, for what you've done. I'm healed by the work of Jesus Christ. You say, well, Pastor, what if you don't feel healed? Well, I bet Jesus didn't feel crucified very well, did he? 
I bet the cross didn't feel good, but he stood there. And the Bible says sometimes I have to fight the good fight of faith. Anybody ever been there? What does that mean? Because my physical senses are bombarding me, telling me this isn't going to happen for you. You're never going to see this happen. But my faith makes a decision to say, despite my feelings, I have a title deed from the Word of God that if God said it, it will happen. And that's what I choose to believe right now in my life. So I'm going to fight a good fight of faith. I'm just going to make a stand and and believe that. Now, Now think of this. If God had planned for you and I to live in the natural dimension alone, He would have never given us faith. See, if it was the plan of God to only live by what our senses can discern and our intellect can fathom, if that's the only way we were to ever have lived and everything would be in this world and God just waiting for us when we die, then why did He give us faith? Faith was given because God has always planned that although you and I live in this realm, in this natural world, see, faith people, we don't deny any of this. We get it. But we are saying we're not limited to this. This is where I'm living, but I'm not limited to this. See, God created the spiritual and the natural. He dwells in eternity. I told you last week, He is eternal. He is immutable. He he is the everlasting God. And He has the power, although He dwells in eternity, to step into this world and intervene anytime He chooses. You and I live in this world, and I'm limited. But by faith, we're connected to an unlimited God who can step in this world and overcome and supersede anything that's going on in the natural. See, our problem is we try to define God and and, and explain God according to the limitations we have. That's our struggle. Somebody says to me, well, if you believe in God, then then define God to me. That I would have to say, go go get the, the Hubble telescope. And try to see how far you can see out in space. And when it runs out of time and space and sight and lens power, you haven't begun to see the reality of my eternal God. And our problem is trying to define God according to our natural means. But God's greater than time, greater than space, greater than these things. And so can I give you some good news? Here's here's what faith does. Faith allows us to break out of the consequences of this limited life. And encounter the provisions of Almighty God. See, see, what you and I have to begin to understand is that the Bible tells us in Romans 12, 2. Let's look at this. Romans 12, 2 in, in the Amplified. I think we've got that pulled up too. Can you go to that one? Romans chapter 12, verse 2 in the Amplified. Here's what happens to us. We, we begin to live our life, and the longer we live in this world, it keeps trying to do something. You got Romans 12, 2 for me? Pull that up. You can go ahead and look at it in your Bible. Why don't you turn there? We're going to, I want you to see it in the Amplified. Here, here's, here's what I want you to see. Romans 12, 2. And I'll, I'll, I'll read this to you. It says, Do not be conformed to this world or age, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs. Look at this. And do, do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs with its superficial values and customs. Do not be conformed to this world. So here's what happened. That, that, that term conformed means pressed into a mold. Pressed into a mold. Do you know that every day you and I walk in this world that its superficial values and customs are trying to push me in a mold? 
into a form that looks like this world instead of our God. That's why the Bible says, get this, greater is he that is where? In me than he that is in the world. As you and I walk in this world, listen, you need to understand this. Without you wanting to not have faith, without you, you don't have to get up in the morning and say, my faith is going to grow smaller. You don't have to get up in the morning and say, I'm going to have less faith today. Just live in this world and it will be pressing you into its mold. Right? It just happens. So what happens to you and I? We, we must come to an understanding that if all we recognize, give attention to, realize is this world, it is daily trying to press us in a mold with its superficial values and customs. So what happens to us? We have to make a decision. As a Christian, I not only see and understand this world, its system, its values, but at the same time, I recognize the unchanging value of God. Because you see, everything in this world changes. Everything in this world moves. Watch this. So if your standard of holiness or righteousness is this world, you could say, well, you know, Pastor, I'm, you know, I'm here. Let's say this. Here's God's unchanging law. Here's the Word of God. Here's God's faithfulness. God, God is always true. You're never going to open a Bible one day and Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is sometimes being sure. No, it's being sure. Are you got me? You're, you're not going to come here one day and Pastor Sawyer is going to say, I, I, Folks, we need to talk. You know all this preaching I've been doing about God? I've I got to tell you something. I don't know anymore. I'm not sure about that. You know, you're not going to find that around here. If you do, throw me out on my ear. Somebody be man enough. Are you listening to what I'm telling you right now? The Bible says as long as I bear fruit, I can stay in this pulpit. But when I quit telling the truth and bearing fruit, you need to chop that thing out from the roots and get a real thing in here. That's from me. Okay? So what happens? We need to base our life on the unchanging Word of God and not the constantly changing values of this world. So you think in, your, in my lifetime, in my lifetime, they read the Bible every morning in school. In my lifetime, we opened in prayer in a public school. Anybody remember that? Look at us around here. Most of us read the Bible over the intercom, prayed over the intercom, talked about God. Teachers would pray with you. Christian assemblies, you, you know, on and on it goes. Bibles laying on desks at work. God honored. But what's happened? The superficial values and customs of this world are growing worse and worse. And if my point of reference is this world, I'm growing worse and worse and worse. Do you get that? It's going down. God's unchanging. And if my point of reference is say, well, at least I'm not doing that, I'm going to tell you what was unacceptable 20 years ago is acceptable today. And what one generation practices in, 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 a, in, a, in a small way, the next generation will practice in an overwhelming way. And so what faith does, faith says, I choose to hold on to, believe, and acknowledge the unchanging Word of God and not allow this world to constantly press me into its mold. Faith allows me to live in this natural realm but not be conformed to it while I'm staying in touch with my supernatural God. Do you see? Everything that you conform to will become your reality. 
Everything you conform to will become your reality. And so we are realizing, God, I trust in you. I honor you. Now watch this. So, so, so how does faith work? This is what you and I have to understand. What did God say to Moses? Moses said, God, in Exodus, who am I supposed to tell them sent me with this message? Remember, he was hesitant. God said to him in the burning bush, I want you to go back to Egypt. I want you to tell the Israelites that I sent you and I'm going to lead them out of Egyptian bondage. And he says, well, what if they don't believe me? You know, I've been AWOL 40 years. Well, you know, I don't speak well. I stutter. I'm, I'm afraid. So they're going to say, well, what God sent you? What did God name himself? Who did he say? He said, tell them, I am who I am. Now, I think a lot of Christians think God's name was, I was who I was. Or I will be who I will be. God said, when you're going to obey me and act in faith, I am. Here's what I want you to see. Faith never works except in the now. If faith is not operating now, it's not faith. See, if, if, if all I can do is talk about what God did, and I think a lot of people think faith is talking about what He's going to do. That's all right. I want you to get this. But many Christians have never put now in their vocabulary. And the Bible says now faith is. See, until faith comes into this moment in my life, it's not faith. Pastor, what do you mean? Well, it's like this. It's easy. This, this is what we do. I've done it. We all do it. We have to be careful or we're postponing faith. What happens? Someday God's going to bring revival. Well, that didn't help me out today. Right? God's going to move in our church. God's going to provide in our church. God will heal me. What we begin to say is, God is healing me. Revival is happening. Do you see the difference in someday and today? Now is the moment that God's operating in. Now faith is. That's how we begin Hebrews 11.1. Now faith is. The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We have to begin to realize that faith is not in the future because faith is not going to operate then. Faith is right now. Now, hope is about the future. I have an expectation. How many have hope? I have hope. How many believe tomorrow is in God's hands? How many believe that your latter years can be greater than your former years? I quote those things. I declare those things. I believe that God is working, that our future is bright. I'm not afraid to go to sleep at night because when I wake up in the morning, it's a new day. And I believe that God is going to be great in that day. I go to bed at night wondering what God's going to do in the morning. I know that my future is good because God is good. But do you see the difference in bringing it into right now? Faith is now. And I have to begin to understand that, that when I'm praying... God, I'm praying for you to heal me. We need to pray that and believe that now. God, I'm believing for you to make an answer, a way to provide for me. That has to come into now. It has to connect to now or faith is not operating. We, we, we seem to want to push it off. We, 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 we push it away. See, m- many people know where they've come from. Fewer people have an idea where they're going. But even a very small number believe that God's right now. See, it's easier to shuffle that someplace. Because why? Now's not so good sometimes. So, so what we do to encourage ourselves is, I know, see, think of what we do. It's a little subtle, but I want you to get this. We start saying, 
what encourages us about our bad now is we're singing about a good tomorrow. And if we're not careful, that's robbed the church of faith. Because I can remember growing up, and I love these songs. They're good songs. We, we sing them. It's okay. Don't get upset. But I'm trying to show you how we think. What did we do to encourage people about a bad today? We just told them, sing about a good tomorrow. Come on. Right? You know what we've done? In the sweet by and by. Huh? Oh, it's hard today, Jesus, but someday. Huh? Huh? My life's hard. The devil's big and my back's sore and life's good. But someday. I know my children are mean and don't love the Lord and there's no food on the table and I'm sick and lonely, but I'm going to live in a mansion in heaven someday. Come on. Is that really faith? Is that really faith? See, see, we, we got, we, we're good at someday. We're the best someday people on the planet. I mean, you get around us and we, we got the biggest someday's that ever existed because that's where all of our faith is. I'm going to walk on Golden Street. I'm going to live in a mansion. Right now, I'm sick and poor and broken, hurting and mad and depressed and bound and weary. But someday, we shout, woo, yeah. So we got, what do we got? Someday faith. And now never changes. Come on, don't, am I all right with you? Now never changes. It's now. You know what? Come on, tell the truth. If somebody prays for you to be healed, wouldn't you rather be healed now than someday? Huh? If you can't pay the mortgage, wouldn't you rather pay it now than someday? Huh? If your kids aren't saved, wouldn't you really rather see them get saved now than someday? If God's going to send a revival, wouldn't you really rather to have it now than someday? You know, I don't want to go to heaven. Everybody tell me everything happened after I left here. Right? Faith is now. Now, faith is. But what we've done, we've developed the mentality. And isn't it strange, even in the church, we've been the biggest offenders of robbing ourselves of what faith is really supposed to do, operate right now. So we need to begin to stir that up in our hearts and and say, God, I I believe that faith is now. I I, I love this. Let's look at this, uh, Isaiah 46, 9. Oh, I need to hurry. My goodness, I need to hurry. Wow. Isaiah 46, 9. Turn there with me real quickly. I want you to see this. I want you to see God's perspective. Isaiah 46. Turn there in verse 9. Isaiah 46 and verse You ready? Look at this. Remember the former things, things those of long ago. Now watch this. I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me. Now look at verse 10. I make known the end from the beginning. Huh? From ancient times, what is still to come. I want you to get this. I make known the end from the beginning. Listen to this. God finishes something before he ever shows you the beginning of it. Before I ever see the beginning of it, God has already finished it. In the mind of God, see, that's our trouble because we're time and he's eternity. And so so we read a promise in the Bible and say, oh, 
Look what God's going to do. No. When you read a promise, oh, look what God has already done. So I can have it now with my faith. Because He's not going to do it. He's not working on it. He's not figuring it out before He told you He already had done it. Everything God ever shows to man is already finished before we become aware of it. And so that's why this element of faith, listen, becomes a personal responsibility. Do you know that when you get ready to believe God, He's been ready? Do you know that when you and I get ready to ask Him, He's already done it? And so that's why He says faith is now. Watch this. You and I don't initiate it. I don't order God around and say, God do this, God do that, God do this. God's already done it. And He's waiting on me to say, I got that. I understand that. So before the promise came, God had already done it. Now, let me show you one last thing, and, and, and we're, going to, we're going to pray together. Let, let's, uh, oh, goodness, 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 where do I want to go with this? Let's go to Romans 4.20, and, and I'll let this be our last verse. However, I'll quote one while you're going there, okay? Romans 4.20. I want you to see this. Romans chapter 4 and verse 20. While you're turning to Romans 4.20, Romans 12.3 says, God has dealt to every man a measure of faith. Everybody hear that? How many people in this room have faith? What did I just say? Everyone has faith. And he said he gave you what? A measure of faith. Do you know that faith grows like a muscle? It grows as you use it. Do you know? Watch this. Watch this. God does not give you faith for the action. The action is what builds your faith. It's like going to the gym. Have you ever seen those? Have you ever? I hadn't been in a while, which you can tell. It hurts me that you laugh, but that's all right. But I, I used to go and was in pretty good shape. And I noticed the more I'd go to the gym, Pastor Emilio, you see these guys. There's some guys that are always lifting, and there are some guys that are always talking. Am I right? I don't know why they go to the gym. They waste their money on a membership. Because you go to the gym, and every time you look up, they're just walking around talking. Hey, Bill, Tom, Pastor Emilio, what's up, dude? Hey, give me five. And, you know, and Pastor Emilio, uh, 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 and this guy, hey, man, isn't God good? Praise the Lord, brother. God bless you, you know. And then he goes, oh, here's a guy, you know, doing the curls. And this guy says, yep, 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 yep. You're going, yeah. You ever try to lift the weights? They want to talk. It's like at the dentist. You ever in the dentist, your mouth full? Oh, Pastor, what, what's God saying to, uh, to you today? You ever do that to the dentist? Does your dentist do that? Hey, Pastor, give me a verse. I give, can I talk now? I'm, you know. So, listen. God, lifting weights, you don't get strength to lift weights. You get strength by lifting weights. All right? So, so God gives me a measure of faith. You have a measure of faith. How many want great faith? Because the Bible talks about little faith, great faith. You know how you get great faith? Is you start using your little faith. Your little faith is never going to turn into great faith unless you start lifting some things with it. So God has given you a measure of faith. But can I give you some help today? Let's look at this. And, and we're going we're to wrap up this. Look at Romans chapter 4 and verse 20. I love this. Now God said, Abraham, you're 75, your wife's 65. I'm going to give you a boy. He said, that's exciting. Now Abraham gets to be 99 and she's 89 and there's still no boy. So what does God do? Look at Romans 
Yet he did not waver through unbelief, or to look at Abraham, regarding the promise of God, look at this, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. Do you realize that's the word, one of the root words from power or dunamis? God put dunamis in his faith. Do you know that when you believe God and you walk with God and you feel like you've got to have some more faith, can I give you some good news? God will strengthen your faith. God will drop some power in your faith. Do you know that if you will start using the faith that you have, God will take your faith to another level? Do you know that if you have little faith and you use it, that God will give you greater faith? Do you know that if you've been walking in faith and your faith starts to waver, God will strengthen your faith? Do you know that the only way I get in trouble is not using my faith? Do you know that if your faith can grow, your faith can die? Do you know that if my faith can expand, my faith can decrease? Do you know that if I have a measure of faith and, and that's how God operates in everything, isn't it? Didn't He say, if I give you one talent and you put it to use, I'll give you more talents. If you get two and you bring me back four, I'll give you more. If you give me five and you bring me back ten, I'll give you more. But if you've got one and you hide it, I'll take it away from you. So why should God allow faith to stay alive in my life if I never bring it into the now? But if I say, God, I don't feel it, I don't see it, I don't taste it, I don't touch it, I don't comprehend it, but I trust you, God, and I believe that you're going to do this, and then God says... I think I need to strengthen her faith. You know, you're praying for your children to get saved, and they're all over the place acting wild and disobeying and telling you they're never going to get saved. They don't believe in God. God says, hey, see that lady praying there? She's been walking in faith, and she hasn't had any help. I'm going to drop some dunamis in her faith today, like I did Abraham, and turn the level of faith up, and God will do that in your life. God is faithful able and willing but i have to understand that if i read it in scripture it was done before it was written and so when i get ready to believe that and step into the now of faith god will release what he's always had into this moment of my life not way down there right here and god will begin to strengthen that in our life Faith is how those of us living in this world refuse to be confined and pressed in its mold because we walk in the awareness God is able. It, it's, I want you to get this. God gave us our mind, our, our intellect, our ability to reason and think, and we should use that. How many heard what I said? But here's the thing that you understand. Faith does not say intelligence, intellect, reasoning, and reality is unimportant. You're going to use that in school. You're going to use that on your job. You're going to use that as you make decisions and go through life. You should be wise. You should be intelligent. You should study. You should do everything. You use your mind. Reason and intellect is good. Are you with me? But it's not good enough. And the wisest man says, I'm going to use all the resources and faculties that God gave me, but I am also going to be honest enough to say, God, you're greater than me. You're bigger than me. I realize that I have my limits and you're unlimited. And so faith does not say that, that you're, you're a mindless, raving, crazy person. Faith does not say you have no sense. Faith says, I make a decision to say God's bigger than me. And when I've gone as far as I can go, it's not hard for me to acknowledge God can go further. He knows what I don't know. He sees what I haven't seen. He said what I haven't heard yet. He's created the universe. And it's not hard for me to say, God, I don't see it all, but I know you do. 
God, I don't understand it all, but I know you do. So today, my circumstances are blowing up in a hundred directions, but I trust you. I believe your promise was given after you already provided it. When, when we look at that, 1 Peter 2, 24 says, looking at the cross and the stripes, it says, by his stripes we were healed. It's been there. It's been there. God didn't make us a promise that he had not taken care of. 